1: Let's see. All right, I think we're live. As always, waiting for the little red light on Rockfin. Starting a little late again. I had to re-enter all my passwords cuz I tried to clear everything out and, and remove as much stuff from my computer as possible so that the clips that I want to play tonight actually work. So let's hope it does. Now I'm starting to get worried. There it is. There's that red light. So satisfying to finally see that. <laughs> a bit slow, isn't it? Red light. Yeah. Um so Okay, joining me tonight uh, is Stella. Stella, thank you for joining me to share what you know and listen to what I might know or try, you know, think that I know. Yes, You're... we can think that we know stuff together. It'll be right. fun. Uh, absolutely, it's always fun. So, thank you for I, having me. I love having you because you you bring a uh, you bring a female and an Australian's point of view and a musician's point of view. None of uh, three things that I don't have any points of view on. <laughs> And they're all kind of vague, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> In an artist's point of view: a lot of things that I can't do. So, I want to start by talking about. I haven't talked about this guy at all because everybody was talking about him all at once, and I was like, ah. it's, it's Oliver Anthony. Are you familiar with Oliver? Oh, Oliver an- Anthony. Or, or Anthony Oliver. I think it's Oliver Anthony, the redheaded guy who became like a, an overnight sensation with that song "Richmond, North of Richmond." Mm-hmm. I haven't talked about him because the moment I laid eyes on him, something seemed a little bit off to me. And I know I'm a skeptical person and I could be wrong about him, but I, I, I just wasn't buying into the hype about him. And it's nothing against his music abilities, guitar playing or singing. I, I, I mean, I'm not like the, an expert on that, but he seems to be a good singer, seems to be a good uh, guitar player to me. It's, it's his persona that I, I'm not buying. It seems very inauthentic to me. And it didn't help that the day after he went mega viral, he's already making Instagram videos where he's referring to himself in the third person. Like, the, like, it's his world and we're all just living in it. Like, it wasn't like an ironic third person reference or he wasn't doing it just to, you know, poke at people. He seemed to be truly buying into it. And even though he says he didn't want to be famous. Everything about him screams someone who's wanted to be famous for a very long time, (laughs) and he's finally getting what he's wanted. And he's played music for, I think, a decade or so, from my understanding. So this is something that he's been pursuing for a while, and I think my issue when he suddenly emerged onto the scene, it was, it, it seemed like an obvious astroturf marketing strategy that worked to me and not natural grassroots pain that swelled up and became an overnight sensation. I'm like, give me a break. Astroturfing, most of you guys know what that is, but it's when big money at the top tries to create a grassroots movement that looks artificial and spontaneous from the bottom But it's just really, it's funneled from uh, the big boys at the top. And I'm not saying that he has like a bunch of big corporate or government donors, although he might. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that a ton of businesses, a ton of striving artists, not striving, a ton of artists who have resources do this type of thing. And, uh, you know, he's been making videos of himself singing for a long time. And the, the music video that he made was well shot. The audio was good. That it was I mean, he had a team with him, it, so it's a marketing strategy that worked good for him. He's trying to create an every man persona that pushes back against the man, the big man, and doesn't have any money. And he's full of shit, in my opinion. And there's a story about him that you, you said before the show that you hadn't heard yet which I think you'll have some insight into because you, you were in a band. I mean, probably multiple bands, if I had to guess, for a, a long time. And here's, here's what happened. Earlier this week, uh, Anthony canceled a concert that he had scheduled to play at a place called Cotton Eye Joe. And the reason he canceled, <laughs> it, which he says in an Instagram video, that's how he communicates with everybody, is his Insta, it, is because the ticket price is set by the venue that he agreed to do a show with were too expensive for his liking. And he, he didn't know this at first. And when he found out, he, he told everybody that he was going to cancel it because he's supposed to be the new voice of the overtaxed, hardworking American who's just trying to make ends meet. So he can't allow his people to pay too much for a ticket to see him. His freaking Twitter handle is ain't got a dollar, okay? Ain't got a dollar, ain't going to make you pay too many dollars. So here's him, in his own words, saying why he canceled the show. Well, I'm gonna add the clip now, all that build up. I don't even have the frigging
0: clip ready. Uh, So I'm gonna be
1: adding it a a five thank you. Beautiful elevator music.
0: Mm -hmm. There it is, right. Oh my god. All right. The girl from Emphysema.
1: I had to pull off (laughs) here he is.
2: You can hear that, right?
0: Yes. Okay, great.
2: I had Explain. to pull off on the side of the road and make this video. I'm, uh <laughs> my adrenaline's pumping, man. I'm pissed off. Yes, pumping. so
1: right there. Y- yeah. <laughs> you, that's the exact same sound <laughs> that I made, that you made. Like, we are so linked in right there. Because I also, give me. you had to pull off to the side of the, you were just driving down the street in your truck and you you got like a text or something, tickets are this and oh my god I'm so angry I I have to just pull off onto the side of the road, I mean cops are going to stop and ask him if he's okay.
0: Because he's not not only that, but he had to also mention that he pulled off. It, from the it's just so,
1: Right. It's so dumb. And it's this idea that he's just so worked up that he could not wait till he got home. He had to address this right now because mm-hmm. he ain't got a dollar. <laughs> let him continue
2: right now. And don't buy Cotton Eye Joe tickets for ninety nine dollars a piece. And sure as hell don't buy VIP passes for whatever bullshit price they're on. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's not a booking agent. He's a friend of mine. He's a full time plumber. And I'm trying to hire him full time as my booking agent. And uh, he agreed to the show, I guess, without asking for the, what the ticket prices are.
1: Okay, that, that's another, that's the second stupid thing in here. So he blames the venue, calls a venue that he agreed to do a show with bullshit, and then he blames his buddy, who's a full-time plumber, who he's trying to hire full-time. How are you trying to hire somebody full-time? What is paperwork getting in the way? Just hire him full-time, but then he tells us why he shouldn't hire him full-time, because his plumber buddy's too stupid to, to look at what the ticket prices are, so he blames his buddy, too, and he's done this in other videos. He blames... Blame shifts, and it's just, he's a, the guy is a narcissist, is what he is, this is what he comes off to me. What I are your thoughts a, so far?
0: Well, I see a rather large plumber's crack in this whole story, to be honest. Yes. Um, yes, it's all very <laughs> contrived. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just sort of, you know, doing these silly links like a plumber. Why he's, a plumber?
1: He's probably French. He probably like really has a French accent in real life or something like that. I mean, uh, give me a break. My buddy's a plumber; he just, he didn't look at the shit, and I had no idea. So fuck that shit. Let's let him continue. All right. and, he's, and he has the Johnny Cash "Fu" shirt on.
0: Oh, you can get that okay. at Target, yes. by yes, the he way. Does. For like twelve
1: dollars, anybody can get that at Target.
2: Um, don't pay a hundred dollars for a ticket. That's horse Uh If we've got to cancel the venue and play somewhere else, we will. Uh, I didn't agree to it, and I don't want you to pay it, so please don't. Just I'm just trying to get the word out now. It's, I I don't know when the event got posted, but, just...
1: but... But he did agree to it, okay? He did. Even if his plumber buddy agreed to it on his behalf, he did agree to it.
0: I was going to say, I don't really think much of his management skills so far. I might stick to the plumbing, mate. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think this is after we let him finish here. Just hold on for a little...
1: All right, there it is. There's Stacey Abrams. Oh. So there's the image right there of uh, Stacey Abrams trying to get get Brian Kemp's D right there, rip them pants off. Um, oh,
0: nice. You really so, are corrupting
1: AI, aren't you? <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, God bless you. All right, so that, that to me was just another stunt. That was part of a, a, a planned, probably long-term PR strategy to fuel into this everyman image, hardworking man who ain't got a dollar, that he is trying to cultivate for himself, his branding. So what wh- whether the concert venue was in on that with him, I, I don't know. I think it's highly possible that he s- screwed them over, like, knowing he was going to do that. I think that that's a possibility. But I think that he set this show up knowing good and well that he was going to cancel that show. And, and l- let me tell you what the venue said. Oh, Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I, the, I think the little bit of difference between you and I in these thoughts are that you're thinking that sort of he's kind of behind this. I think it's a little bit bigger than that. I think, yeah,
1: I, You know, I think it could be too. I, I'm just,
0: yeah, I, I think absolutely there's a possibility. He's, he's that... just another little porn, you know, little right. little, little redhead porny man.
1: <laughs> or whoever set it up, yeah, I think they knew full well what was going to happen. And so here's what the venue it's said: just,
0: Yeah, it's just a move. I mean, it's, this is just supporting him, being you know the, the righteous upstanding, making the stand guy. And he's like, I'm not
1: gonna, I won't have that. Not me. And so they have to make it. They have to make it the story where it's not his fault because it's dumb plumber. Like they should just kill that guy, right? Because he's so stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, he knows his buddy is ain't got a dollar, and this MFR. It's like yeah, let's. I'm. I agree to a hundred dollar tickets. I mean, he should at least be tarred and feathered and tortured for a little while for his his actions. It's awful. The, the well, venues, it's,
0: it's it's clear that you should never hire your plumber as don't your hire your plumber. Crew. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, does he? Who are you going to get to do your plumbing if you? Exactly. I
0: mean managers. exactly. I mean there's no managers that are gonna come and, you know, fix your toilet, is there? So yeah, let's not right. go the they other way. Get, and and yeah. also to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I must confess that I did get sucked in by this guy initially. Um it was a little bit of a hopium thing. It was like, okay, stop being so cynical about everything and every time I do that I regret it.
3: <laughs> yeah. but, um,
0: there was a couple of us, you know, we're sitting around going, you know, based or bogus, not sure, and then a couple of us went, Yep, now we're gonna believe in him and then it was like oh, this song is catchy,
1: all right? It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like an old school song. There's no doubt about that. And yeah. for me, there's no doubt in this town, talent. He's talented. But his
0: persona. A little is, too is, talented. A little yeah. bit too
1: together and, and, for and, a and that, and that is good old what I, boy with
0: just a dollar. And absolutely. No, no and, sticks and, to
1: rub together. <laughs> and that is exactly why this story bullshit, is because this is not someone who's never worked with a concert venue before and doesn't know how ticket prices are set. This is, this is the point I'm leading to.
0: And also someone with a beard that's just so perfectly sculptured like that. I just don't trust those you
1: know, people. No, his plumber. He, he's trying to hire his plumber to be his uh, groomer as well, full time. Some paperwork's getting in the way. Hadn't been able to do it yet. Groomer, <laughs> plumber. That's very <really> scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blue, groomer, plumber, agent. So <laughs> the sort of the like venue said modern this. modern-day Jimmy Savile.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right.
1: They said that. The North man of Richmond contracted to play the cotton Eye Joe, the venue, for $120,000 for 60 minutes. After doing the math and knowing we can hold approximately 1,500 people, paying, ticket web, uh, paying the ticket website their fee to sell the tickets, paying the tax man, opening cotton Eye Joe on a closed night, we set the ticket price to break even and bring our customers a show we thought would be fun to our talent agency and promoter friends that follow us be careful booking the North man of Richmond. And, and I would agree with that. Anybody, cause I guarantee you, this guy went to this venue or whoever his I guess his plumber went to this v- venue uh, on his behalf. Uh, um, he, he is everything, any, anything that might seem like it's going to taint his every man. Ah, I'm uh, F taxes. I'm against the man image. Uh, hmm. uh, I, I would not do anything with this. I mean, I wouldn't do anything with this guy anyway, personally. Well, I, don't, I don't trust him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like the um, criticism crew are sort of making sure that there's nothing that's left open that can be attacked,
1: you know. Totally. And, and But the thing that stuck out to me the most is like I I, I know how ticket price – like I, I know very well that your venues are usually not going to do a show unless they, they think they can at least make a little bit of profit. If they like yeah. you – then they might do like a break-even type thing. But they got to turn the lights on. They got to open on a the day they're not open. They got to have the water, the electricity. It costs a lot of money, especially at a 1,500-person uh, venue. I mean, a ton of money to produce a show. That's why they bring people in who, who can uh, sell tickets and then they adjust it based on that. So everything that they said is true. I don't know enough about their venue to be able to evaluate if that price, the break even point is correct, but I'm sure you have an understanding of that. I think anybody who's performed live for a period of time knows how that works.
0: It's uh it's an extraordinary amount of money, actually. It it's a lot more than you would think. It for totally. a venue to put on a, a night. And um you know, for a band to actually make some money, it has to it has to be reasonably inflated, especially these days. Yep. But unfortunately the the trouble is that what I see happened actually in the music industry over time was uh, well, in Australia anyway, um, we had sort of the the pub rock scene, which was – it was a lot more rough around the edges, you know, than going to like a concert in, a, in an arena, so to speak. Yeah. It was just go down the road to a pub, you know. I'm sure it must have been the same over there, but um, <laughs> the music would be a bit – probably a little bit rougher, but um, – Where's my point going? Yeah, so it costs a lot of money to put, you know, any kind of venue on in a decent place yeah, where you there's, have the you know, bars right, it's, and, you know, yeah, yeah. there's, there's, stuff, a million things there's that can rundle. go wrong. There's There's also now all the security stuff. Yep. Um, there's all that. There's, um, yeah, there's there's a lot. It's a lot different now than it used so, to be. It's a lot more professional, but it costs more. And also the production, that was where I was heading. So yeah, in the old right. days it was like you could just have a, a, a show with, you know, maybe eight, 16 cans with – is another name for lights, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so the, like par 64s, par 56s in the old days, you'd put them on a what's called a tree and you'd have maybe four on each side of the stage and maybe eight along the back, you know. I mean, it was fairly right. standard. It was real cheap and a sound guy, you know, and often it was the sound guy also doing the lights, you know. But um, right. then yeah, it yeah. then it became more of a production where it was like – and that's when I noticed the ticket prices just went poof, and it's like, well, actually, I'd actually kind of prefer yep. just less production and just watch the show and, you know. Right, uh, you got to
1: you got to pay the staff as well. Like the the cost that it's a lot of cost to it that you don't think about unless Mm. you work in that industry and you've done that for a little while. I knew that you would know all that, and and, like that's why I wanted to ask you about it. So, what do you think the odds are that this guy who, who apparently has been performing in venues for like a decade doing cover music? And can play the guitar so well, and can sing in that that type of twangy uh, uh, song uh, so well. What are the odds that this guy
0: was just stupid to do all of that? Could do all this himself, sort of? No, no, his that, plumber.
1: No, yeah, he knew none of it. That that, that, it was, that he got blindsided because the way he speaks in this video, it's like he has no idea. That this is how the Vid and you determine the price of the tickets. Like, yeah, like I, yeah. I, I thought the tickets would be cheap. I had, he, he knew with is the contract. The first,
0: yeah. Is this the first sort of concert he's done, or is this like? No,
1: he, he's done a number of concerts since this thing started. And this is why this is a lie. And this is why yeah. it, it's, nah, a, it's a, it. a, a technique, it's a stunt, is what this is. And this yeah, guy does these <laughs> pretend to grassroots stunts. Uh, uh where he i'm so angry fighting mad i'm pulling off the side of the road f that venue and their <laughs> damn prices and, and uh it, here's what he said after after they uh put their message out he like came out and he he said that uh we're gonna do we're gonna we're canceling the venue over there with them and uh, I'll pay you back personally if they don't pay you back. Of course they're going to refund their customers, right? And so yes. he's he's trying to say I'll pay you out of my own damn pocket.
0: That's <laughs> a, a good old boy.
1: You don't you're not paying anybody. So it's all bullshit. Everything he's saying, and this is why I've, I never trusted him because yeah, I can fucking spot. He's I mean, probably not, gonna. He'll probably sell his
0: dogs just to cover it. for you.
1: Like this guy is so. So you meet a lot of people, I and mean, you know this, I'm sure, in uh, theaters and concert venues that are just fucking uh, uh, full of shit, you know? They they, know. they all got something to all. Come here, man. We can go make a movie right now. I'm like, okay, dude. And usually, uh, I, you know, you can mess with them or, or – You're not mean to him. This guy, like, if he came up to me in a venue and was talking the way that he talks in these videos, I I wouldn't be able to help myself. I'd be like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're so full of shit. Just stop. (laughs)
0: Just go and write another song. Shut up
1: you like god just go sing you're a good singer but shut the fuck up with how great of an it- oh uh, i got right before I- he's the type of guy who goes up on stage and goes how's everybody doing tonight i sorry my hands are a little bit dirty and my i didn't I wasn't yeah. able to change my shirt cuz i was working out on the farm I had to change old my car before i came and uh, uh had to uh, uh pump some milk out of one of the cows out there so i might <laughs> smell a little bit just give off a long list of bullshit about how
0: hard he was working right before I'm, I'm he I'm drove I'm, over I'm, I'm- I might have to stop halfway through the show and go and milk my cow.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, if one of you guys can maybe give me a jump because my car broke down right as I was pulling into the venue, you know, the old truck, the, pickup truck, guys full of shit. And I get it. Like I get that people do this. This is uh this is what modern marketing is. It's it's create the illusion of. of Of suffering and struggle, which is, it sucks for people who actually suffer and struggle. (laughs) You know, they don't get to advertise. Yeah, it just makes me angry seeing all of that stuff. We have uh, Mischief Brew. Is that, is that Bruce? Is, are are you familiar with Mischief Brew on, uh, On Rockfin, Stella, I'm not sure. Mr. Bruce says no fucking venue is going to break even. I would agree. They're not going to break even. That's (laughs) right. Totally. That's
0: why they get poker machines usually.
1: (laughs) You you know what Yeah.
0: So people often,
1: not often, but people that have enough money will go into uh, a phase unnoticed uh, in their life where they decide to buy a restaurant. And then like Mm. two years later, they're like, I'm just trying to sell this damn restaurant. I've lost so much money. Mm. Because people who like, it's hard to make money in that industry, restaurants and and concert venues, a combination
0: of the two. And it's just, our version would be buy a pub, like buy an Outback pub or something. Uh, Sounds like a fantastic idea at the time, but
1: Mischief Bruce said, do you have any proof of what you're talking about? the, My proof, I'm not offering evidence in in, in court against this. This is my opinion based on my experience doing live shows for over a decade, knowing that anybody who has this guy's amount of talent, who has performed live in front of an audience for over a decade, this guy's dealt with concert venues for over a decade. And uh, it's not like he just picked up the guitar because the devil blessed him one day and all of a sudden he's a viral sensation. (laughs) He's been working in the industry for a while and as someone who's also worked in that industry uh, Entertainment industry. Uh, um, I've never met a person in my life with that much experience that did not know how this works. So him pretending to act like he doesn't know how it works is is the evidence of the lie to me. The other stuff about the the grassroots, the astroturfing stuff, that is my speculation. That's I don't have proof of that. But that is my speculation, just to clear that
0: up. It's also based on the fact that you've been studying propaganda for a very long time. A, a very long it, time. It, you I, just I get have, the it's... eye for it after a while. I mean, it's, you know, these created people. It doesn't mean that we're completely infallible in um, opinion either. I mean, right. you know, you can always be no, wrong. I was I wrong totally... recently a number of times. If uh. if I
1: found out I was wrong, completely wrong about that, then I, I'm I have no problem. I would love to be wrong about that because— Look, I he got goosebumps. Be wrong about everything, wouldn't it? Really, absolutely. The song gave me goosebumps. Like his song, uh, it gave me goosebumps, and I was mad at my arm for allowing those goosebumps to show because <laughs> my brain was saying, "This, there's something wrong here." Yeah, right. <laughs> right. yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So that—that's my thought on that guy. And I—and look, you can think someone is full of it and still appreciate their music. I don't well, like. You know.
0: Also, as Ashley has pointed out here in uh, rock, in uh, sorry YouTube, um. Yes, he's a created person already on podcast with Joe Rogan and Jordan B. Peterson. Now, if you, it's usually often about the company you keep. That's usually a bit of a dead giveaway. Um, so, you know, these are all just puzzle pieces. It doesn't mean that the picture is complete. It just means there are bits that you sort of go, hmm, put that there. Right, yeah. Uh,
1: Mischief Brew, I, I don't have all, all the clips of him talking about the the venues he used to play or the venue owners talking about how he used to come play for the past decade. He used to do cover music there. But they're all over the internet. So if you want to go look them up, they're all over the internet. Uh, if, if if that proves to be wrong, then I would happily take it back. But I I have seen enough of talk from him himself because he puts videos out every single, like all, all the time, not every day maybe, but he puts them out all the time. So uh, it's not a secret that the guy has been, y- you don't have that much ability it, it, just like, it's not like he's just been sitting playing by himself. If you're that good, you're making, that that's what he's making his money doing. He he makes it look like it, like it is his farm, but that is his, ma- all right, this person's a troll. I'm no longer engaging in that. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: go okay. do some research <laughs> right
1: yeah totally do you, like, you want proof the song is good is that what you want i can't prove that that's just going to be a matter of taste what do you want from us um so here's what we're going to talk about what i want to go on to next is is the uap or ufo whatever you want to call it that that narrative it's back and, mm-hmm. and i knew like so it does this it, it they they have a little while where, it, where it's hot in the news and then it goes in the background a little bit, and then it comes back. It's done this in uh, a couple of waves now. And uh, all within the span of a week's time, we've had a uh, a story about alien bodies discovered in Mexico. There was, many people might not have seen this, there was another interview with the uh, whistleblower, David Grush, the guy who did that original News Nation interview. And he has a new revelation of sorts in that interview. And there was the uh, apparently long-awaited NASA uh, report on UAPs that was just published, like I don't know if it's today or yesterday that it was published. So all of those things coming all, all at the same time. And I expect that type of pattern to continue. I, I, the dead alien body story, I've seen the pictures and I know that a guy who has a history of of doing hoaxes apparently is is the guy who introduced them down in Mexico. But they took them seriously, at least in the news. The, the The news says that they did, and I don't know much about it other than that, and that they look like um yo- like little weird Yodas, kind of. There was a story today, though, about how not David Grush, but during the congressional testimony on UAPs, there were three guys who. Um, in fact, I can pull this up right here. No, that's the wrong one. I think I got the wrong link there. It, the other bald guy that was about David Grush's age, his name slips my mind right now, but he spoke out against the alien bodies. He, he he said like he basically was like, "This is BS that they're trying to pull these off as alien bodies," and uh, um, he called him out. And for me, that looks like trying to lend credibility to this uh, military guy who was one of the guys who spoke at con- see, that See, guy, those guys have no credibility to me because uh-huh. they're Intel community. And so now you have a story that one of them says, uh-uh, BS. So he's calling out the BS because he knows the real information, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it, I, I see it as something like that going there, but I also see it as they're going to continue showing people stuff, I, maybe gauging what people might believe uh, or, or whatnot, and we might see a craft or whatever, but that's about all I know about that story. What do you know about the alien body story?
0: So, what you were just saying then? Were you sort of basically leaning towards that there's a counter narrative in the sense of um there's this talk about it, and then there's sort of real bullshity talk, and then these other people come out and go, oh no, that's bullshit, but this bit isn't. Is that what you were sort of generally saying? Because that's what yes. I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah so like it makes it look like
1: he's the guy calling out the um the BS when he's the one spreading
0: it. Yeah, because um I was just looking this morning, just you know um flipping my way through some of the news. And I did notice a bit of a counter narrative, like, you know, NASA's coming out sort of saying, oh, well, you know, this and that about, oh, this bit's real and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's sort of like, well, you know, we we can only say so much, but we can't um, expose too much because that will expose the, um, like the instruments they use to measure stuff and that's all top secret and things like that. So it's sort of like, yeah, okay, that's the nonsense stuff, but here's the real stuff. So, yes, that's exactly what I'm seeing too, which is the counter narrative I mentioned earlier. So we're seeing the same uh, yeah. thing, basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I and they have to do that. They do that pushback between and the fact that NASA says that well, we haven't seen any evidence of it. That that's kind of the the Pentagon and the DoD. What the the whistleblowers tell us is they're they're saying that, and that's the whole point of this is to get them to stop covering it up. That's that's what they said during exactly. the hearing, and so mm-hmm. this fits with that narrative. And um, what NASA. So the NASA report, I haven't gone through all of the report, but the thing that stuck out to me about the NASA report was they have a a document in there that is about how if aliens were to be discovered or non-human intelligence, how they would break the news to the public because the news would be so shocking and they created like a seven-tier procedure for assessing and sharing uh, uh, such a discovery, and they call it... There's a name for it here. Oh, okay. It's seven called...
0: Seven-tier procedure, huh?
1: It's called the Confidence of Life Detection Scale. It's a rating... <laughs> it's a scientific... like They rate scientific confidence in any potential alien life discovery on a scale of one to seven. So that's a seven-tier that's, thing. That's,
0: that's an acronym of COLDs.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It is. It's a, cold, it's a like a coronavirus
0: almost. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. It's like, i oh, really...
1: And this article here says that a level, for example, a level one detection might be the discovery of a molecule that could be related to life inside a uh, Perseverance Mars sample. The evidence would graduate to level two, Scientists, scientists confirm, if, if scientists confirmed there was no contamination in the sample or, or in the instruments involved. Uh, that could have influenced their findings. And they say that by ruling out non-biological sources of the molecule or by confirming that it came from an environment suitable for life, scientists could move on up further, further on up the scale. And it's like a really detailed scientific. uh, Yeah, they even have like a chart for it. It's it's like a revelation of the NASA method for determining if life is exist on other planets. I guess that's what it seems like to me. So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, they've got to keep the money, the huge budget going, don't they? So, maybe that's <laughs> out what it a is. few more things. You know, that's maybe all. they're and gonna be like money laundering, laundering. Totally,
1: they gotta. Yeah, they're gonna government funded scientists and studies, and they're gonna maybe say, David Grush, you haven't met the seven point scale for alien intelligence yet, or non human intelligence. So, go f yourself.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, we've got to remember the foundation of NASA. Let's not ever forget. Well, tell us about it. Well, you know, Operation Paperclip.
1: And Need I say the, more? Uh, was there Nazi scientists involved in that?
0: Well, there was just a few. Small handful, 4,000. Right, yeah. <laughs> How many were actually taken care of at Nuremberg? I think it was seven or 11 or something. Not much. And the rest got dispersed. Um. Yeah, so uh, if you want to see the proof of Oliver Anthony's
1: uh, background uh, brew, just just go look up his interviews. He talks about it, so you can oh, you can go also, watch it.
0: I'm just going to mention um, Grand Theft World Liberty Radio, the drizzle. He does a good breakdown of the lyrics of that song. Yeah, um, worth having a listen to because it was a it was an interesting breakdown. I thought.
1: What do you, what's his
0: general takeaway? The general takeaway, I think, well, everyone that I've spoken to seems to be, "Yep, no, he's full of shit." <laughs> right. Same.
1: Yeah, I this see. This could be. This could go multiple ways. Like at the at the base level, so we could go and say, "Well, the government's involved, and they want to use him to be a right wing figure to uh you know mobilize people under him to cause devices or whatever." At the base several level, several things. Totally. At the base level, it, it, it could be none of that, but just a modern day uh, person that has people working with him that understand how modern marketing works. And modern marketing is is controversy. It's cause marketing, and it's it's grassroots. It all you always and they talk. You talk about. I've worked in marketing. I did. I worked in marketing for years. You talk about grassroots. You want to get a grassroots thing going. How can we create that? So at the simplest level, it, it could be that and it could have gotten newsjacked into the political realm uh, um either way the idea that he was just sitting on his farm, and his buddy picked up his, his cell phone. That, that's there. That was a. Per- I, I've I've worked in so many. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that the story that he's? I don't buddy know if that's the story. It? I don't. I don't think he claims that. But the right. way that people talk about it on social media, they have come away with that belief from yeah, some of the yeah. things that I've seen. And if if you were if you've ever been on a, a movie or a TV production, you can see that that was a really well. I mean,
0: whoever made that should be very proud of themselves. Like it's a great job. It was a very nicely shot. That was one of the impressions that I had actually was I I liked the way it's shot, you know, but I I sort of thought, well, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility because if he had a good song that, you know, somebody, I mean, we all, most of us in the production area know somebody who can, you know, hold a camera and make a decent shot sort of whatever. I mean, it's possible that someone could have shot it well, you know, might have known a cameraman or whatever, but really it's not, yeah, it's just not the picture that he's presenting, but. um, Yeah, so. I mean, sex, sex cells, but now it's sort of like the grassroots is the next sex cells. <laughs> grassroots sells. <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, well Poor white read, guy cells. If you read some of these uh, reports on, like if you read Edward Bernays, I mean, going back 100 years, and you read the modern communication strategies from the CDC, which I've gone through many of those on the show, mm. or any of these other organizations, they talk about. The, the grassroots uh, angle of it, where uh, you 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 connect with the people who have the most influence uh, in those areas, and, and you do you dramatize it as Edward Bernays would put it, you do some sort of event that dramatizes the cause that mm. you're trying to uh, make a, a national issue, and then you use the people on the ground who have the most influence, whether it's your pasture, whether it's uh, they like the uh, the Tuskegee Project used uh, doctors to to control the people like they they use black doctors to prevent the black guys from actually getting uh, um, treatment because they knew they trusted them. So it's all about finding the most trusted people in the local communities and and using them to spread your message. Sometimes maybe they're aware of it. A lot of times they might not be aware of it. And that's just very true.
0: And there's, you know, there's good reason to be highly skeptical because these, these methods that well the methodologies that they use are extremely deceptive and conniving, like, like I tell
1: people like this when propaganda because people, w- well, you know, it's so easy to want to believe the people that you, uh, the public figures that you feel like are speaking to you, speaking to your soul or that you align with or against those that you hate. Especially like, in a bad situation like we have been for a couple of years. Absolutely. Joe Biden supporters, right? They're not the most vulnerable to being propagandized by Donald Trump because they already don't believe anything Donald Trump says. I guess I could say if Trump said something that is the opposite of what he – so if Trump wanted them to not believe something that's true, then he could just say it and they would never believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they don't believe anything he says. So he could just say a bunch of tr- – if he did not want them to believe true things, he could say true things and they would never believe them because yeah. – 180-degree uh, so so, uh, opposite. Other than that, they're they're not vulnerable of uh, believing things. He's already disbelieve everything he says. They're vulnerable of being propagandized by Joe Biden mm-hmm. because they're all. Everybody always looks to the people they hate as the ones propagandizing, not even realizing the ones who are who have been assigned to propagandize them are the ones that they don't look at, are the are ones you? that they they align with. And so it's like that's why you scrutinize the people you like even more than the ones you don't like. If you really want to uh, protect democracy. But I know that's Russian propaganda. Only Putin would do something like that. I should never say anything like that ever.
0: Beware of anything that says democracy or freedom. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Beware.
1: So, all right. Okay, where was I? We we're talking about the alien UFO stuff. What? Maybe maybe that guy's a, an alien. And I, I'm, I don't have any evidence that he's an alien, Brew. Uh, but maybe he's an alien. Maybe so, he came from outer space or another other dimensional. Oliver Anthony, do you mean? What if he? I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, Are you talking I'll about be, Oliver Anthony? I'm talking about <laughs> Oliver Anthony. He might be, he might be a, a reptilian for all of
0: <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, two first names. Right. That always makes me yeah, know. It's weird. It's confusing to me. I two think first he, names I think, and also three names. Like, you know, blah, somebody, hyphen, somebody. You know I I, mean? I believe that. Like Lee Harvey Oswald, for instance. I don't think that that is his. I think he might have changed. I think it might be a stage. I name. think it is me, uh, not his actual name. Yes. Yeah, memory. I can't but remember. it Doesn't exactly. matter. It's what we know him as, and it's just. But it is. It's very two um... first names.
1: <laughs> okay, Christopher Anthony Lunsford. Lunsford is his actual. Yeah, his okay. actual name. Yeah. So, all right. Okay, so let me show you some of these David Grush clips. All right, I love a good David Grush clip. Right.
0: I like a bit of Grush.
1: David Grush is the. The whistleblower, the, the Intel guy, he, David, David Grosh is the guy who worked in the Intel community in covert operations for 14 years, who up, who up until like a year and a half ago was delivering Intel reports to the president himself, <laughs> it's, who is the whistleblower speaking out, trying demanding the government be, be truthful. Uh, <laughs> that's the guy. Like, oh, the irony. I just, it baffles me that they're like, why should you trust David Grush? Well, he's from the Intel community. Oh, the same community that said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian or earmarks of Russian disinformation? I don't think I should believe him because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, now I'm going to get that freaking clip back in because it's gone now. Here we go.
0: Yes, these strange circles. I had to pull up. All right, scoot that down a little bit.
1: Okay. So this podcast is like uh, Alchemy Academy or something. I don't know who these guys are. It's like a... Alchemy it's,
0: Academy. Okay. It,
1: it's, they present this in kind of like a podcast um, form. It's, it's an interesting format that they have. But the first clip here, uh, David Grosh, one of the things that comes to mind... Uh, um, for a lot of people is, well, what if he's being used as a pawn? What if those intel agents whose name we don't know, what if they're lying to him? Well, he addresses that in this clip here.
3: I don't report to anybody and there is no plan. I'm not a part of some like slow drip disclosure or anything. If there is a plan, I'm totally unwitting. And holy shit, they've like uh, controlled me in a very passive manner that is like masterclass, Right. Uh, Just real quick. That's exactly how they would do it.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they work if they want to make you. It's not, it's not like uh, somebody who has been sent to be your ha- handler or to deceive you is just going to be like obviously lying to you. They're going to be, if they're good at it and they're in these intelligence agencies, they're spies. They're, they're agents is what they are. That's what they do.
0: Yes. And if he knew that that's what was going on, he's not about to stand there and admit it, is he? You know, look at that expression on his face. It kind of
1: yeah. looks like an alien that <laughs> all right
3: but yeah i'm not a part of some weird shit you know that, uh,
1: did you ever mm-hmm. at
3: any point try to suss out whether you were being lied to because all oh, of these 100%. people are coming from the same programs and so presumably there's some level of coordination between oh. them so how do you kind of get through yeah. and, and just make sure that they're not You know meeting in some back room saying you say this to dave i'll say this to dave you know yeah no for sure so like i thought maybe it was like a joke or something maybe it was like a sign up on me or something i don't even know Mm -hmm. and then but the you know near 40 people we talked to a lot of the guys um i've known my entire career and like they wouldn't lie to me i have like a friendship with them um and for them to can you know disclose to me that kind of stuff and it ended up being a false, would have totally torpedoed the friendship. And I also went out of my way to find people who don't know each other either. And I had other higher ranking colleagues of mine go talk to other people that I didn't even personally talk to. That group, of course, we took all that. And I'm like, all the people who conducted those interviews, I made them get interviewed by the inspector general because. We're cross on our T's here because this shit is crazy. Yeah. And I was I mean, you can never be perfect, but man, I was so freaking careful to make sure I wasn't getting fed some bullshit. If they were in coordination together on a disinfo campaign, holy fuck, I shouldn't even be an Intel officer because I should have, you know, <laughs> sniffed that shit out. So So you should have sniffed <laughs> that shit out, right?
0: <laughs> you know but, something I've noticed about these people, they're way overly animated. He isn't an animated, to convince guy. You, of something, you know? Like. that's
1: an interesting style they have too. I didn't make any of those edits that they made there. That was the way that their show worked. It's like Mm -hmm. once they're talking about the same subject and one time they're in a studio, then all of a sudden they're all hiking together on a mountain and and then they're in a limo. What are they going to be in a bubble bath talking about the subject (laughs) next? It's a weird. uh, Hot sauna
0: with Hunter or something.
1: Uh, Yeah, that'd be great. If he he was smoking crack with Hunter and he's like, yeah, no, I shouldn't be an Intel agent if I didn't spot that shit. And he hits (laughs) the pipe and, you know, bangs the hooker. That so what they talk about in in the, these propagandists in their, their books that they used to write to each other, uh Harold Laswell, Edward Bernays, all those guys, Walter Littman, is that the and especially the British, the the uh the British Propaganda Bureau from World War I, um, Lord Northcliffe is the guy who uh, was the guy who oversaw it. And the agent that they had over in the United States was um, Sir Gilbert Parker because they sent these literary agents all over the world because they knew that famous people and, and that um, elitist and, and uh, academics, they would just ooze over these well-known um, authors. And they knew they, they could get close to them in those influential circles and spread the messages that the British wanted to spread to get the uh, America into the war. And I completely forgot where I was going with with that point there. Um, (laughs) Oh, oh, so no, I know where I went. Yeah. What what I'm saying is what he described, I wouldn't be an Intel agent if if Mm. I didn't spot that. No, that's not, that is the type of attitude that they target. Like it's, it they, they talk about how the academics and, and the really uh, uh, the people who are kind of uh, into themselves uh, the, there's letters written between Sir Gilbert Parker and, and Lord Northcliffe uh, for uh, over in Britain uh, about how these egotistical arrogant academics they they they're so sure that they could never be fooled that, that that's why they go after them because they think nobody could ever get one by them because of who they are which makes them the easiest targets and I'm getting a little bit uh, of that from David Grush here and the way that he's talking about, you know, I, I nobody can fool me. I'm an intel agent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just – there's something disingenuous about him that I can't – well, I mean, he can never put you quite – I can never put my finger on things, but it, whatever it is, it's that little tiny thing of body language or whatever it is. It's just something yeah. – I'm not, torn
1: on whether whether he is I don't think he but I don't
0: think he believes
1: really what he's saying I think he's acting. Right. Right. So that that's why I go back and forth. Sometimes I think he's acting, other times I think he's kind of
0: a goof. I think he's uh, a plant. I think he's yeah, there, you know, I some of this stuff is yeah. made to just make all the psycho I mean as if they're going to take anyone seriously that just spoke to somebody. I mean it's all just hearsay. That doesn't stand up in the smallest court case, does it? And there's so, –
3: there's yeah. a reason that there's a
0: spotlight on it all, and he's just a bloody distraction. And then they're going to come along and go, oh, yeah, now there's these people, but here's the real information, and that's all going to be right. bullshit as well. <laughs> so, and this has know.
1: happened before with Operation Blue Beam. They, like, drove a guy crazy, and this, this is documented in de- declassified documents. They targeted a guy, mm-hmm. and they they uh, the Air Force sent out agents to intentionally... Uh, They said this guy came to them. He said, I've been seeing these things over. He lived near the uh, these Air Force bases where they were testing technology. They say they were testing new government technology and he thought he was seeing UFOs. So he takes the info to uh, the Air Force and he tells them and what the Air Force does, because this is a claim anyway. And there's a couple documentaries about this. It's, you know. There's declassified documents, too. There is some uh, some pushback on uh, whether the guy who was in the Air Force was working on his own, like he was rogue, or whether the Air Force directed him. But they, instead of saying, no, those aren't UFOs, they said, we're going to embrace his belief in UFOs because we don't want him to reveal the technology we're working on because it was the Cold War, and they didn't want Russia to know about it. Is the story, and so they embraced his belief. It even showed him stuff that that made him more sure there were UFOs. And this guy was like in the UFO ufology community. He was a leader, so he went and told all of those people, and they believed him. And it diverted is the story from the attention of the technology. I mean, it's probably like a much deeper than that story at all. But mm-hmm. this the point is that this exact type of thing that they're describing. Happened like 50, forty years ago or something like that. It's it's weird. Do you think when that's you read sort of a bit
0: like, you know, Stephen
1: Greer and Yeah, Stephen Greer is an interesting <laughs> character, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know what you mean. It's like they they just see these tools and they're just gonna make the most of a handy tool, really.
1: Yeah. And that's what they do. Things that could be truthful and might be truthful, they, they run psyops. They always run psyops. Yeah, it's
0: and like... there's always ten percent of truth in every lie, isn't there? Otherwise it would be to. too easy to they gotta for tell people lies. to see through it. Totally, right. Got to so, tell truth to tell what their is it lies. that
1: deep throat he told Mulder in like episode and yeah. season one. It was like the best place to uh, hide a lie is, is sandwich it between two truths, which, yeah, he's correct about that. All right, so this next clip here he, he addresses kind of his view of his role in, um, in, in disclosure, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yes,
3: but you get a look here, Stacy and Brian. The threatening yeah, nature I of some of their indoctrinations where they're like, this is treason. You're going to Leavenworth if you ever tell anybody not in the program. And oh, by the way, what's the penalty for treason? Oh, right. Execution, right? And I was like, well, well, f- well, fuck it. I'll be the mouthpiece for you. I'll be the leader, I guess. And I will shepherd you privately to the appropriate people that can be a recipient of your disclosure. You don't have to go public, but I'll do the thing.
1: He'll do the thing. So he's like, you're worried about treason. I'll be, I am a shepherd for truth. He's a shepherd. He's a hero. He is a hero. I thought that was an interesting view of himself. Hero in
0: his own lunchbox. Right.
1: (laughs) So one of the things that came out of the congressional hearing with him is all of the questions that people wanted to hear answers to. He would say, "I can't disclose that right now, but maybe we can get together in a shift." <laughs> and uh, okay, what about the biologics and the bodies? Uh, and he's like, "Well, we'll get together uh, in, in a shift and talk about that, or the skiff, excuse me, uh, which is where they go and show classified declassified documents they can't show people without clearance or something." Well, he this comes up in the interview because I was curious: did that happen? Was there follow up on any of that? You know? Well, here he is talking about that.
0: Oh, okay. Mm mm-hmm.
3: I'd be happy to give you that in a closed environment. I can tell you specifically. Thank you.
2: Maybe in a, um, (laughs) we could get it, get in a confidential area, SCIF, we could talk about that. But unfortunately, we were denied access to the SCIF.
3: A lot of the narrative for the whole thing was that you were denied a SCIF. What did the SCIF stand for? Just for people. Uh, It was a specialized uh, compartmented information facility, Mm -hmm. right? Which basically means that you guys would just get into a secure, secure place where you can Chair. Uh, yeah, financials. that's you know a facility that's accredited to talk at the you know top secret sensitive compartmented information uh, level, and yeah, the members were pretty incensed that I believe it was like they couldn't reserve a skiff, and then they couldn't give me a one time read on back into the right accesses since mm-hmm. I left the government. Do you have any sense yeah. of why that was denied? I don't know. No, I don't really have insight. It was something they mentioned to me. You know, it was security or something denied it. Mm-hmm. So. That's his answer. He's so precise
1: in all of his other answers, but it's, I don't know. Security denied it. And there was no follow up specifically on are are you talking about before or after? Did you actually go into the skiff with AOC? I think I lost you there for a second, Stella.
0: I am sorry. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So he
1: doesn't really, it it gets, it's very vague about did the skiff happen? Because there was a multiple, uh, we're going to meet in the skiff and show you this information. And then when he talks about it here, he's just kind of like, well, just something happened and I don't know. But how come you know all this mm. other stuff about holographic theory and, and, you know, <laughs> non-human intelligence, but you can't tell us specifically, did you go in the skiff with AOC or not? We
0: want details. Come on. Mm. She looked, looked really it disingenuous too. <laughs> it did, I mean. They just the, look the, like the, actors to me. They really they do. Are they actors. just look like they're doing their bloody script. They're, they it
1: just don't yeah. look genuine. Politics is performance, and well, I think it was Nancy Mace who asked about the biologics. Which uh, I, uh, she said he said he's going to show her the biologics in the skiff, and I'm like, "Don't pull your dick out in the skiff, dude. It's going <laughs> to get weird." But did that ever happen? And I can't find anywhere w- where it did.
0: So well, you I know, let's know. let's stop with the secrecy. You know, if they don't want speculation, then clarify.
1: Do you know what biologics means, by the way? Which I found that to be interesting. That no, everybody just moved on. When he said, yeah, th- they found some biologics. Nobody stopped and said, uh, what the fuck is a biologic? They, everybody just went on like, okay,
0: biologic. Yeah, yeah, of course, biologics. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to question it because everybody should know what it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 biologics. I had some biologics at oh, lunch today. Oh, yes,
0: biologics. Yes, yes. Yeah, I have a biologic
1: in between my, pant- my pants right now. It's, no, you know what a biologic <laughs> is defined as? No, is,
0: I don't. Please tell me.
1: It's it's like a vaccine,
0: and if you look at the let me see if I
1: can find the exact definition, biologic. Uh, okay, biologics. This is from the World Health Organization. Biologic biologics are or biologicals, which is also a term he used. Biologicals. <laughs> yeah, are div- yeah like testicles. They're a diverse group of medicines which includes vaccines, growth factors, immune uh, modulators, mon- monoclonal antibodies, all things that were. You know, popular terms during COVID, as well as products derived from human blood and, and plasma. So products made, things made from uh, biological material, I guess, uh, is okay. uh, yeah, it's interesting. And you have an example of what are biologics? Well, gene therapies, trans, transplant tissues, proteins, stem cell therapies, and again, monoclonal, a- antibodies. Yeah, artificial insemination, stuff like that, I suppose. Well, so like that to me is like, how can nobody like follow up on that? That's that, that's a little weird, you know?
0: <laughs> what was the context that he used that word?
1: He asked about, she asked about the dead, because in the interview he said, yeah, they, there's dead uh, bodies from the pilots, from the non-human non intelligent dead, basically alien dead bodies. Mm. And she was asking about those dead bodies. and she, And he said, yep. There's biologics. They have the biologics, so it's were a bunch of vaccines driving the UAPs. Is that? Uh, it's it's unclear <laughs> what he the means biologics.
0: by that. Yeah, yeah. So they've run some tests, obviously, and I did notice actually the f- the few stories that I looked at about this, they were very very heavily putting the emphasis on non-human. So right. yeah, I, I thought I saw- well that that actually now these days that kind of covers a number it of co- things. It covers we, AI. We use, Yes, we used to, we used to think that it was just uh, aliens, but now it could be could, could be, be, be a clone, it could, it could be a right, chimera. It could be interdimensional
1: beings, which he also says. But I noticed that right away in the interview he did with News Nation. He he insisted, he said, I don't like to I don't like to put an origin on them because they could be extraterrestrial, but they could also be interdimensional. They could be here, but in another dimension, is what he said. And, and that's why he calls them non-human intelligence. But then mm. that legislation came out about this that Chuck Schumer put out, and uh, if you type in non human intelligence or non-human yeah just type in non-human and look at all the the descriptions of it that bill gives congress and the government the right to uh take possession of anything that they can define as non-human intelligence that any private citizen in the country has which i which when you look at it you could classify artificial intelligent technology that anybody develops uh, as falling underneath that yeah it's, you yeah. could also if an alien comes here and happens to crash land, you could also, the government's, well, we're taking possession of you too. So it's not that that is what they intended. I think they intended to steal technological developments from private citizens or private corporations uh, through that.
0: Yes, that's exactly what came to my mind was like, yeah. that's really a slippery slope for stealing technology.
1: And they, yeah, they they like cloak it in this alien. We want, we want to <laughs> see the alien shit. And yeah, they use that
0: non-human intelligence stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, and okay. I suppose you
0: know nobody really thinks about the legislation much because most people are like oh, aliens. Yeah, whatever. Just yeah. just do whatever. You know, I mean, it's we'll like just like get on with the pages. normal stuff.
1: I read the whole thing and it was tedious oh, to read it. Wow. They bury that shit. What, what you got to do with yeah. some of those documents is um you gotta you gotta like write down a list of the the terms that you think would be the most revealing that might yes. be in them. Yes, and exactly. you just search for those and you know see what you can yep. find.
0: Oh, it's amazing doing it that way. Yeah, you just just put a bunch of keywords into search and um see how many freaky things come up <laughs> right yeah 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 like i type blowjob into all of those and there's like 40 <laughs> hits every single time
1: uh, a, okay uh, so did do you know what the a
0: no, a non-human biologic blowjob
1: a, is. a non-human biologics blowjob is is it, crazy it's like you, you thought a niche the vaccine the vaccine's not good at protecting you from covid some say i'm not saying some would say but it's fantastic at giving blowjobs from uh according to Chuck Schumer so do you know what the holographic principle is? He'd know. The
0: holographic principle. Uh, no, please enlighten me.
1: He mentions the holographic principle in his interview and during the testimony, and he elaborates here. And they include a, a Carl Sagan clip oh, to help Carl explain Sagan. it. And it's it's really above my head. I can get kind of the surface of it, but here they are talking about it.
3: Originally, the holographic principle was created to explain how information is encoded on an event horizon uh, in a black hole. Mm. But, like, maybe that's what we're seeing is we're seeing higher dimensional stuff casting shadow. <laughs> They're at the a coffee shop. It's just funny where they keep cutting to new locations. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop it.
1: It's
3: all very In interesting. In our space, yeah. just like how we cast a shadow on a two-dimensional surface. Take
1: that back. So I interrupted it. Security my fault. or something denied it. Yeah, it's the wrong one.
3: So, uh, here it is. But, like, maybe that's what we're seeing is we're seeing higher dimensional stuff casting shadow into our space, just like how we cast a shadow on a two dimensional surface, which is like the sidewalk, right? Well, if you were on flat land, you would have no idea that this like crazy 3D monster was, you know, uh, out there. But all you're seeing is the shadow and and it's called quasi-projection. And maybe some of the UAPs are not even, they're here, but they're not actually from out there. I cannot show you a Tesseract because I and you are trapped in three dimensions. But what I can show you is the shadow in three dimensions of a four-dimensional hypercube or tesseract this is it like if
1: it exists outside of 4d
3: you
1: know time space or whatever say say this is you know you have a 2d universe and this is a 3d object if it intersects you're just going to see a a sliver of it so you'll just see a disk Mm mm-hmm yeah my mic was (laughs) muted there sorry yeah yeah so do you do I've watched that Carl Sagan video actually, like six, like seven minutes long, and I don't quite fully understand it. But the 2D, 3D thing, some of the UAPs they describe are like cubes, some of them, and the way Carl Sagan is describing, he's using a cube, and we're we are the 2D thing, and the cube is a 3D, and so that's or. It's not actually a cube, but what the we see—it's weird. Yeah, te- it's just weird. We—we—they can't actually come down to us. They can only pierce through our reality, and so they're always here and around us. We just don't. It's very over my head. But it, um, what, what was your takeaway from that?
0: Well, I used to I, up until oh gosh, only a few short years ago, I had all the cosmos. <laughs> Uh, recorded on VHS tapes in boxes (laughs) I used to love watching with Carl Sagan yeah yeah I remember watching that when it first came out actually that very scene um yeah it's it's interesting but you know I mean look I always come back to the fact that nobody really has a clue nobody has any idea and nobody can really say for sure anything about interdimensions or quasi-moto or (laughs) quasi-whatever um you know, it's it's all purely speculation and based on a belief system. So, um, there's theories, but uh, I don't think that this fella really, what's his name, Gresh, Grush, yeah, I don't David think Grush. that you know he has all the answers by any means. I think he's just learning his lines.
1: No, yeah, he's uh, he, he's good at explaining it in 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 kind of a simplified way. Not, I mean, I don't necessarily uh, understand it, but um, yeah, so. All right, so here's the clip that I actually I played a clip similar to this a few weeks ago because that guy who interviewed him on News Nation he revealed this, and I was ready to play that one again. And in this new interview, they had him address it. I knew they were going to do this because some police reports came out about David Grush, where it, it, apparently he's been arrested a couple of times, which a lot of people have been arrested, but he was put in an involuntary um, uh, mental facility, uh, what some would describe <laughs> if they were trying to demonize him as an insane asylum, because mm-hmm. his wife at the time, I think he was, I think he's, was divorced and he's remarried thought that he was a th- uh, threat to himself or a threat to others. And that uh, there, it's called like I I can't remember the numbers, like three, one, six or something wh- where somebody is there either just out of their mind or they're really drunk or, or high on drugs. And you think they're going to like maybe kill themselves or hurt somebody else. And you call the cops and Mm -hmm. the cops will come get them. And at least in, in here in Georgia, I think the mandatory is you have to stay like 48, either 48 or 72 hours in a mental facility. That that's what happened to him. And that document is publicly available where he did that. And so I just thought that was kind of like, so you're telling me the guy who is the big credible whistleblower (laughs) for aliens has literally been involuntarily committed to a mental facility before. That's, that's just such an interesting
0: development. So, I think when did when did this come out? And when was this supposed to have happened? A few years ago. It, oh, it
1: happened once in twenty fourteen, and then again in twenty eighteen. At least the police. The I think he was right. uh, committed in twenty. I, it was. I think it was twenty fourteen, but it might. I can't, I'm not certain on that fact. It was one of those two dates. But yeah, it's publicly available.
0: Yeah, well, and, yeah. by design, I, I would say because probably. somebody somebody who has that sort of history would probably never really get to this sort of um, size. Of the spotlight, you know what I mean. Like it wouldn't, he wouldn't have that much credibility, or even get to that position. He's definitely, you know what I'm a figure unless it was unless, right, it was unless it was by
1: design. So it's just he was a fourteen year year orchestrated. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: I mean, who knows? Maybe they're gonna, you know, take it a bit further and then bring that out, you know, and just make him look well, like a complete complete fruit loop, and then say, look, that, here's and they the could facts. do that.
1: And that is what yeah. they did to this other guy. Is they 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 used him because he was they in, embraced his curiosity. And then they drove him insane, and he he died in a mental facility. this guy from Operation Bluebeam that I was talking about that's that's mm-hmm. why it kind yeah. of the similarities here. but here yeah. is Grush. they ask him about the about this stuff and he talks about the issue that I, I, I think is a problem for his credibility. We'll see if you agree
2: over the past days you you shared with us that you uh, were diagnosed yeah. uh, to be on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. How has this served you in your life and in, in your career and how has it Hindered you,
3: yeah. I mean, I didn't know you know that I was autistic until I was like in my early 30s. So, I mean, it served me well in the government because I was super good at you know doing intel and like, you know, Dave, we want you to target this facility. Okay, you have six months, figure out everything, you know. And of course, uh, <laughs> I do, and it's you know, that was very good. But I think, especially if you're trying to maintain relationships and stuff and how, how to read people's emotions and And how to show your own emotions, because, you know, autists, especially if you're, um, you know, deeper in the spectrum when you get Asperger's and and that kind of stuff, you don't know how to even um, present your emotions in a way to a partner or, you know, a spouse or whatever. He would
2: come home and tell me like general stuff and I'd be like,
0: yeah, that makes sense.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's probably aliens, like, that makes sense.
1: Uh, Okay. So. What stood out to me in the guy who interviewed him originally, the, he was a 60 Minutes interviewer that did the News Nation interview. Mm-hmm. He said the same thing that he says early here, that he actually said David Grush is autistic. He has a problem uh, understanding human emotion and, uh, and understanding uh, social interactions with other humans, which, which he echoed a little bit right there mm-hmm. in, in his description. And for me... While they might be trying to kind of say, here's why you had some of those problems, and they also talk about his PTSD from being in war when it comes to getting arrested and, and being committed, uh, what I hear from there is like the, the, the UFO fucking revelations guy uh, doesn't comprehend social Unhuman emotions? Uh, isn't that something that we, we would like to have in the person who is revealing information about UFOs? Because if he's communicating with these high-level intel people and they're telling him information, don't we want somebody who can gauge the human behavior and the emotions of the people who are giving him such vital – what if they're all being sarcastic that to an, for, as an extreme example? you know, And he can't recognize mm. that.
0: Well what you say is absolute fact and I agree with all that but then again you know um shouldn't we have somebody who has their wits about them running the country so no, you know no, no. it all fits far. in it <laughs> totally all fits in perfectly so, uh, all these clowns
1: that clowns. is it's just an interesting wrinkle there there to me the men- the mental health side of it Mm. Where uh, I'm not criticizing uh, uh, autism i I'm just no, saying no what, but it's yeah. got
0: potential to for something to happen or something to be used or it to go right. somewhere somehow that's just a little little what do you call them Easter egg sitting there somehow that might pop up it's it almost yeah, it almost feels like so uh, on the show the other sitting uh, the last- stage almost.
1: Yeah. So like last night they had this inclusive language document from Elena. I've gone through that a uh, little bit of it in a couple of shows uh, with Ian. And one of the, I can't remember the, um, the thing for uh, unable people, whatever. Well, I can't remember the exact word for what formerly ableism. was ableism. Thank you. Yes. Ableism. So you know, I hear that, and you think people are, who are handicapped, right? But they adjusted the definition, at least in the Atlanta Guide, to include people who uh, uh, think and process information differently. And I'm like, that's kind of a, that really broadens the scope there. And, oh, and yeah, and, and what's yeah. normal? Right. Everybody thinks differently, you know, at least a little bit differently. And to me, I hear something like this. And that's kind of like trying to build an immunity to criticism. Like, if I were to say, "Should we maybe get another person on the job too because of his, uh, you know, <laughs> lowered ability to understand the emotions and possibly the intent of the?" And they go, so that's ableism. You're committing ableism right now.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. So you got to be very careful what you say and uh, to whom.
1: It's ridiculous. So It's Don't all these speak words. facts,
0: whatever you do. All right, so. I got a couple
1: more things that, that, that we can do. Um, I, do you have, what's on your mind, Stella? Is there anything that you want to get out that you just, it's like itching to talk about?
0: <laughs> Is there a couch? I'll go and lay on it somewhere and tell you all about it. <laughs> yes. Tell me how you are Stella. <laughs> look, to be really honest, I was going over the news and everything and it's, it's, <laughs> boring as bad shit, to be quite honest, um, uh, in Australia as far as that goes anyway. It's um, it's all just, you know, about the referendum and the clown show. That's all being, you know, it's a huge distraction. So that just goes on and on every day about the Prime Minister outrightly lying um, about things. So there's that. Um, there was a couple of things. I was actually going to bring a story about the skinny white boy uh, having a moment coming back into the highlight of Wait. being, you know, the sexiest... Wait. Are you serious?
1: <laughs> yeah, are, you tell- like what, what, are you telling telling me the skinny white boys back in?
0: Well, yeah, apparently so. Um, tell me more. People like Justin the Justin Bieber's of the world. Um so I was gonna bring this story. Oh, what's that guy's name? Machine gun for no what's Machine gun, Machine Kelly? gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Is he uh God.
1: Megan Fox's or was yeah. her boyfriend or
0: something? Oh my gosh. I mean I think they're ninety eight percent plastic, those people, aren't they?
1: I love all of Megan Fox's implants, wherever they are. (laughs) I think she's just one great big implant, to be quite honest.
0: Just keep filling those lips up because they look like you can bounce a basketball off of (laughs) them, (laughs) really. I think so, yeah. If she fell over, there would be no problem. She'd just bounce straight back up again. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that's that's the story I was going to bring. And um, this was in like an Apple News thing. And so then I put it into Google and there was like a whole bunch of – Articles with exactly the same headline as there usually is, and I went into all of them and they're all gone. <laughs> so I think really? maybe that was disinformation. I'm so sorry, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> it's back to the big brawny butch, some other color. Typically, like, if
1: it that's unfortunate, like so, it's a sick, sick joke to make all the, f- the skinny white guys think that we're <laughs> coming back
0: in hopium. Yep. Um, look, it was da- this is what they do, it's dated. What is it? September the ninth, twenty twenty three. So here's me thinking, okay, that's fairly fairly relevant. But then I I go back and find that this is the same story that went back to two thousand and eighteen or something, seventeen. Yeah. It's like this is just some rehashed, recycled for some reason, you know, distraction crap. So, yeah, the news really leaves a lot to be desired at the moment. Um, I, you know, I've something? been writing so many articles
1: for so many years about how. The skinny white guy <laughs> is the sexiest. And I just can't get any of them to show up at the top of the Google search It's
0: not engine. catching on? It's not catching on yet. One Dang. of these days
1: it will. Uh, Gordon says, my favorite combo of people. Thank you, Gordon. And I love your Alf oh. um tick there. I used to love Alf. Love, y- love <laughs> your guts, mate. <laughs> yeah, so Alf had two stomachs, isn't that right? Alf? I think Alf had two stomachs. The right alien? Correctly. Yeah, the alien, the television show. Alf, oh yeah. my gosh, that's going back, isn't it?
0: He had well, two that, stomachs? I don't yeah, look, that. Look at, uh, you see
1: Alf in the image there on the screen? The thumbnail for Gordon? Alf. That's Alf there. Oh, no, there. I
0: can't see that. I'm not looking. at. Is it Rockfin? Rockfin? Oh, is
1: it? No, I just put it up on the, uh, Well, I mean, it would be on Rockfin too.
0: Isn't it? So you can't see those things? Oh, right. Things? Okay. Yes, now I can. Okay, Okay. Alf. Oh, Alf. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Alf. Sorry, I wasn't okay. looking. All right, I was so, looking at the skinny white boy story. Oh. <laughs> trying to find it for you but it's sorry mate. it's oh, error 404 nah, so sorry you're cool you're cool it's late i know it's, well it's early for
1: you i say it's late you're in australia I, like... have n- I have no excuse
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so uh, i'm gonna go to the the xr what else do you want to get out tell people where they can find you uh whatever you want to tell them uh, before we get out uh
0: yeah okay well uh, union of the unknowns is somewhere it's a place where i hang out a bit um we do a a weekly news thing called Not Your Mama's News as well, which is always fun. And um, uh, Easy Peasy Podcast or WTF Forum, which is also in combination with Burn Babylon Burn. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a place where I hang out sometimes. Um, You're missing the point occasionally. I'm on there with Drew just talking about Australian stuff. So that's where I talk about the voice and the referendum stuff with Drew. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to check out Grand Theft World Liberty Radio. Oh, yeah, that's right. Grand Theft World, Liberty Radio. I think I said Grand Theft Auto <laughs> before. <laughs> it's I'm easy so to sorry. say that. Yeah. Grand Theft World, Liberty Radio. Yes. Uh, so he did a really good breakdown on that North Men of Richmond song, and uh, also he just out, does yeah. a really good, a really good radio show. It's just good to you know if you're doing yeah. stuff, have it on in the background, whatever. And it's just good. good for can to History
1: as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So thanks a lot for having me again, and thanks to everyone for listening. It's always well, lovely thank to you have for joining nice me comments.
1: Stella. It's always it's always a pleasure. And what we're going to do in the DMBXR, the subscriber-only portion of the show, is Apple had its product review thing that they do. They do, like, one of those long, every year. They do, like, an hour and a half. Here are all our new products that people are going to spend way too much money on. Okay. And they decided to get into some uh, climate change sketch comedy, apparently. Uh, and mm-hmm. they did, like, a little skit. And so I thought we could play that and uh, just... I haven't watched all of it. I've watched part of it. I think we just get our reactions to that. And uh, depending on how long that takes, it's not too long. It's like four minutes. I I actually wanted to get, your reaction to, I keep seeing these stories and I know why I see them because I clicked on an article a couple weeks ago about how the Southern accent is uh, fading away. And every, ever since then, I keep getting these things about Southern phrases, Northerners need a dictionary for, and, I'm, and, I, and I click on it. And I'm like, I don't think they need a dictionary for some of these. <laughs> and I was curious it, what you, if you've heard of some of these phrases, which I think you probably have, but I, I don't know. So I want to get your reaction to some of these so-called Southern phrases that only Southerners know. Mm, well, that yeah.
0: sounds intriguing.
1: Yeah, it could be fun. So we're going to do that in the DMBXR. If you want to get access to that, go to patreon.com slash report And subscribe there today. You can find me on youtube.com slash bradbinkley, rumble.com slash the prop report, Freedom Act Radio on Twitter or X, and uh, the Propaganda Fight of, is my website. So. We will, we're going to wrap the show up there. So thank you again, Stella. Thank you guys for watching and interacting. We will talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.